With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is going on, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? It's Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of The Standard is the Standard. It's the flagship podcast at BTSC. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Lance Williams. Lance, how are you doing this evening, my man? I'm feeling good with the little sweater on. It's fall. Oh, wow. You know, a little collar. Trying to bring a little level of sophistication to the listeners. Isn't it really hot in California all the time? No, not Northern California. Oh, okay. It gets crisp in fall and the leaves turn and all that good stuff. It gets crisp. All right, folks. Weatherman Al Roker over there. But- <laughs> crisp. Crisp. See, you started something. See, now on a live chat. Oh, come on now. You just killed me. okay anyways you're here to hear nothing but Steelers and that's what we're going to give you and they're coming off a really poor performance on Sunday Night Football when they lost 26 to 14 to the Baltimore Ravens on at Heinz Field they have yet to win a game at home they have yet to win back-to-back games this season and it just looks bad and that's the best way I can put it and we talked about this ad nauseum on our post-game show. So if you haven't listened to that, whether you're listening in audio form on one of our platforms or whether you're watching on YouTube, go back and watch that one if you want our exact knee-jerk reaction to the game. But we're not going to talk too much about the game that was because we've already covered it. We are going to identify some heroes and zeros, though, from the game that was. So, Lance, let's go over with – you can go first. Just do your hero. And then we'll go to zeros after that. I think Chris Boswell's the hero. Boswell looks like he's right at the ship in terms of being inconsistent with his field goals. Field goals were right, right down the middle. Really looked like the Boswell that we all know. So that's a positive for a team that's going to need to score as many points as possible. It's good that your place kicker is back in the fold. And he looked very good in the game on Sunday. I agree with that. And, you know... If- that's the e. That's the obvious answer. And that I, when I wrote my winners and losers column, he was the only winner I had, and it was just because he didn't miss. Um, but for me, the more I think about it, you know, one of the big question marks coming into the season was safety, and who's going to play free safety because Mike Mitchell is gone, and who's going to do it? Well, they move Sean Davis over. I have to be honest. The more I watch the film, the more I've been impressed with Sean Davis. He has yet to have someone play alongside him for two straight games. For instance, in week one, it was Terrell Edmonds. Week two was Morgan Burnett. Week three was, uh, I want to say, a a mixture of both. And then in week four was Terrell Edmonds because Burnett is hurt. So 
I, I've been impressed with Sean Davis. I thought he's, I think he's played well. Uh, they're asking him to do a lot. And if you watch, I mean, they're sending as a free safety. He's, he's blitzing a lot. And that's, well, you saw what happened to Terrell Edmonds on, on Sunday night um, when he's single high. Maybe they shouldn't blitz Sean Davis as much, but I will say this. I've been pleasantly surprised with Sean Davis. Um, I think he's tackling better this year. Lance, you may disagree adamantly, but I, I, I've been impressed, and I'll put him on my heroes list for week four. That defense is garbage. I can't – there's no heroes on that side of the ball. Those guys are garbage. Okay. You're not going to find much back, push back from me in in that regard. But let me ask you this. If you were going to name another hero on either side of the ball from week four, who are you going to pick? And there ain't no heroes. Exactly. You already (laughs) took mine, so I had to pick someone. All right. So let's go to zeros. You have to narrow it down to one, Lance. We can't say the offensive line, defensive line. He's one player. Who is it? I wrote a tweet, I believe it might have been, say, uh, Ben Roethlisberger said, I wasn't good enough, duh. And Steeler Nation said, we know. Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger is absolutely zero. 0 for 6 in the second half on third down. Steelers offense, as a result, don't convert any third downs. Time of possession is flipped 35-24, somewhere with some seconds, so it rounds out to 60, so it gets to 60 time of possession totally flipped because they can't convert third downs. And that's largely because Ben Roethlisberger was scattershot in the second half as hot and as well as he threw the ball in the first half, he was that bad in the second half and looking at it on film, it wasn't as if the plays didn't work. It was, he missed the throws. He was bad. He was right. He has to play better. And he was an absolute zero in the second half. And for this game, Okay, I'm going to break my own rule. I just told you you can only pick one player. I don't care. I'm picking two. <laughs> I'm right right now I'm putting out an all-points bulletin, an APB, for Cam Hayward and Stefan it because, honestly, haven't seen them. And those are the guys that everyone said, you know, man, they're great. They're going to be dominant. Stefan it's healthy. Cam Hayward's coming off a double-digit sack season. It's going to be just, they're going to be wrecking it in there. They're not wrecking anything. I'm not sure if Stefan Tewitt has registered a sack yet. I don't think so. Cameron Hayward might have one and a half, two at the most. They're, they're, not, they're not factors at all. And when you have linebackers that are as weak as the Steelers linebackers, you can't have you have to have those two guys taking up blockers to let them try and make plays. They're one of the reasons why the Steelers defense has not been very good. And to me, I I watched the film again, I looked for them and I couldn't find them. Like they were just getting washed out every play. It was driving me nuts. There's the Steelers have put a lot of money into those two players and for that they're not paying. They're not they're not paying out right now. So, I'm going to say Cam Hayward and Stefan Tua, where you been? Where have you been? I, have, you, have you watched the film, Lance? Have you seen anything that I'm not? I, I see what you mean, but you know what I think the Ravens did is they made a tactical decision. They said, we will double-team these guys, and we will survive blocking both of those linebackers with tight ends. We can handle one with a tackle. We can handle another one with a tight end, and we'll be okay. Because it all works in concert. If those guys on the edges aren't working right, you know, it, it may not work for the guys inside. Somebody has to win to take pressure off of somebody else. But you could clearly see that the Ravens said, we'll double those two tackles and we will live with those outside linebackers one and one. And we don't think they can win. And they did not win. And if they don't play better up front, ooh, tastes like chicken. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe it will tastes like uh sweet tea <laughs> either way it's just not good it's not good at all so there's those are our heroes and zeros from week four we could have had a lot of zeros from that game but let's move on we're not moving on from the game necessarily this is where we get into our stat geek portion of the show that's where we both find an interesting statistic from either the team moving forward, maybe the game that was. Um, and we think it shines some light on what's going on with the Steelers right now. Lance, I know you have a good one. Why don't you go ahead and fire off your uh, Stat Geek Stat of the Week? 
And I want to give credit to Adam Schefter. I think Adam Schefter and the guys at ESPN Stats and Statistics and Research put this out. I think it was Monday. And their stat was the following, that the Steelers are last in the NFL in rushing yards, 43.3 yards per game. They're only rushing for 2.8 yards per rush. That's the last in the NFL since week two. And they have 19 rushing yards that they had in the week four game against the Ravens was the lowest in a game since 1970. Listeners, I was born in 1970. That's 48 years ago, the 19 rushing yards. Those rushing yards and those rushing statistics show an alarming pattern with this Pittsburgh Steeler offense. One, the quarterback is trying to play hero ball and put it all on his back. They need balance. He's not good enough just to be that type of quarterback. They need to run the football to try to put the offense on schedule so they can convert third downs. And secondly, he has too much control in the offense. He just has too much control. At some point, somebody's going to have to pull him back and say, look, this isn't working. You're leading the National Football League in passing yards, and your team is in last place. Something has to change, and that has to come from the coordinator from the head coach. But Ben throwing the ball 40-plus times, that's a recipe for not making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you go back earlier in his career, I remember you know the, the stat line for Roethlisberger when he was young was – 200 yards passing, maybe a touchdown. You hope he stayed clean in the turnover ratio, and they ran the ball, and they were successful. And whenever Ben threw, I want to say it was over 250 or maybe it was over 300, they had only won like once when that happened. And when you go back, yeah, he's had those games where he threw six touchdowns and, and things of that nature, and he's thrown for 500 yards. But in those games, rarely do the Steelers do well. They they are a balanced program but i'm going to go to the other side of the ball for and there's a lot of stats on the defense but here's some again espn on top of it and they're going back some ways to find some of these statistics so here we go the steelers defense through the first four games the opponent's points they've allowed 116 so far in four games that's the worst since 1968 Opponents' total touchdowns, they've given up 14 total touchdowns, the worst since 1968. This is pre-Chuck Knoll, folks, and they were bad, okay? And then last, uh, the next opposing passing touchdowns, 12 in the first four games. That's the worst ever. They've never had a defense this bad, even pre-Chuck Knoll, and they were awful. And then total yards, they've given up 1,682 total yards in four games, that is the worst through four weeks in the NFL since the merger and the most ever in Pittsburgh Steelers history. <laughs> let, let, let me say that again. The 1,682 yards through three four games is the worst through four weeks in the NFL since the NFL and AFL merger, and it's the worst ever in Pittsburgh Steelers history. I don't know what else to say. I really don't. That's that's awful. It's awful. The only thing I can say, Jeff, is, you know, and this is this is for my listeners that come from the inner city that might have seen a fight or two walking home when somebody on the background says, just put your hands up, please. Put your <laughs> hands up at least. Don't just let them hit you. Put your hands up. This defense is, oh, my good, Oh, my. I was going to use another analogy, but in this environment and climate, I cannot. So I'm trying to self-edit a little bit better now, now that the stakes are a tad bit higher. <laughs> self-edit here. <laughs> trying to keep clean. But, man, defense, put your hands up, please. At least try to – don't let him just hit you in the face. Like, at least protect yourself at least. Duck and cover. That's bad. That's bad. They're taking all the bullets, Jeff. None of the bullets are missing. When they're in the foxhole, they're just getting hit with grenades and bombs. Nobody's surviving. It, oh, my goodness, Jeff. It's, leak, it's beyond leaking, Jeff. The, 
they, they've taken a shot in the bow and the ship is just going down, man. It, it's it's got water. They better get the buckets and start throwing the water over the sides, man. I don't I don't know if the boat can stay afloat. Well, let, let me ask you this, because this is a question that I thought of today. It's cutting grass, thinking about the show coming up. And, and this kind of ties into the main topic we wanted to have tonight. And the main topic was what unit on the Pittsburgh Steelers is affecting the football team the most in a negative way. In other words, is it the offense or is it the defense? And we'll talk about that in a second. No one, and I did not hear anyone, not you, and you're one of the more pessimistic fans that you'll, if, if you're a first-time listener, Lance tells it like it is. He doesn't sugarcoat things. He's realist, and that's great. It's good to bounce that off of me because I'm the eternal optimist. But still, no one saw this team being this bad. No one saw this defense being this bad. So I ask you, Lance, what happened? Is On offense, you can talk Le'Veon Bell. And you can talk about poor performance by number seven. But with this defense, I mean, I didn't think, I knew they weren't going to be great. I knew it's not going to be, it wasn't going to be the early 2000s defense, but I, I didn't think they'd be a step back from last year. But that's exactly what they are. What's going on? I mean, follow the money, follow the money, follow the assets. All of the assets are on the offensive side of football. If you go to overthecap.com, if you look at the allocation of money, it's probably about 90 million offense, about 65 million defense. So you have a, you have an allocation deficit there. Look at the talent on the offensive side of football. Look at the offensive line. Look at Ben. Look at Bell. Look at AB. Look at Juju. Look at all that talent on the offensive side of the ball. Look at the defense. I don't think you have one player on defense that's in the top five at their position. There is a talent deficit there, and they've missed on some first-round draft picks, and there's no easy solution in sight to the to the loss of Ryan Shazier. You couple all that together, plus they're kind of in between schemes. I think they're trying to still play three-four stuff, trying to incorporate Tomlin's Tampa two cover two type stuff. So they're kind of in between schemes as well. Lack of talent, missing on some draft picks. Not all the resources are on the defense, and it just looks bad. And this is what you get. Well, you're right. And so, but I, I want to take it a step further. And you hit on this a little bit. I'm glad you did. And that was draft picks because you talked about the allocation of money and you started rattling off names on offense. And so, I immediately, when you're naming these names, I'm thinking, what, when were they drafted? You know, like Antonio Brown, sixth round, Le'Veon Bell, second round, Ben Roethlisberger, first, Marquise Pouncey, first, David DeCastro, first, Marcus Gilbert, second, Ramon Foster, Alejandro Villanueva, undrafted free agents, Juju Smith Schuster, second, James Washington, second, Eli Rogers, undrafted free agent, if he ever comes back. Um, so, yeah, they have some players that were really high draft picks. And you, okay, go to the defensive side. Cam Hayward, first. Stefan Tuitt, second. Joe Hayden, not going to count him, but he was a first round pick. He, they, they did not draft him. Sean Davis, second. Um, Vince Williams, sixth. Uh, TJ Watt, first. Bud Dupree, first. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, they're, they're definitely spreading it around. I mean, Artie Burns, first. Uh, Cameron Sutton third, you know, you have all these different players. Mike Hilton was undrafted by new England. So for me, the allocation of money does show definitely where the precedence is and where the, the, you know, where the prime real estate is, so to speak. But for me, I look at where they've drafted these players and they've just missed. Like you said, they've just yep. missed. You can't you, you that first round pick has, in my opinion, you, you can't always hit home runs. It's got to be at least a double. <laughs> Jarvis Jones was a strikeout looking. Um, and then you have Bud Dupree, who seems like a swinging bunt single. So ah, I don't, I don't, I don't it, That's the see. Yeah, money is one thing. Trace it back to the draft, and you'll see another story altogether. Terrell Edmonds, the book's still out on him, but first round pick. So they've spent picks on the defense. It's just, they just haven't panned out. My gosh, just think if they could draft defensive players like they draft wide receivers. That's amazing. Yeah, you're, 
Yeah, you're talking about a much different team, and I'm glad you illustrated that because I, I think I read an article earlier today about that. Just it, it's drafting, you know, 25 and higher consistently for years, and and the and the difficulty with that because you don't have access to the best of the best. You know, you're 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 really projecting when you get to 25 and greater. Those guys are in essentially second round picks. So, you know, so it gets more difficult to try to hit those guys. But there was a time, you know, dare I say, in the Cower era where first rounders were almost guaranteed slam dunk, almost pro bowlers, all pro, just slam dunk guys, where every first rounder, they they kind of hit. They hit a lot of guys, you know, under Cower. So, you know, I don't uh, know. Well, re- really? I mean, I'm pretty sure Chad Scott was a first round pick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Charles guys. Johnson was a first-round pick or whatever his name was. Is that his name, the receiver from Michigan State, that was just awful. But if you think of Chad Scott, Chad Scott would be a good corner on this team currently. <laughs> I mean, I mean that that that's where it is right now. Bring right? back, bring back Dwayne Washington, man. That's what we need. I don't think Dwayne. they drafted him. I don't think they did. Did they draft? I'm trying to remember if they drafted him. But you got Troy. You know, you got Aaron Smith. You know, you got Casey Hampton. You got Joey Porter. Uh, so you got Clark Hagens. Clark Hagens uh, is not, not a first-round pick, but he's panned out. He's a good player. Panned out, solid pick. So you got – I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they've they got a lot of work on defense, and it ain't getting no easier on Sunday. No. No. And we're going to talk about that game coming up with the Atlanta Falcons here in a second. But before that, our true and false segment, it's been a – everyone just – that's all they talk about. Maybe. I don't know. So true or false is basically where we, Lance and I both come up with these questions, I'm sorry, these statements, and we debate whether they're true or whether they're false. All right. So this first one is very basic. A lot of people are talking about it. Even though we've just hit the quarter pole, the Steelers will make the playoffs this season. Lance, true or false? False. Okay. Are you going to elaborate or just... Yes, I am. <laughs> that deep man, that defense is taking on too much water. I don't think they can save that ship is sinking. They just don't have enough on that end. And uh the offense is not going to be good enough to save them. Um and so they're not gonna make the playoffs. The defense is just too bad. Um it, it okay. just can't sustain it. It just can't sustain it. You saw those, and you heard those numbers, listeners. Not saw those numbers. You heard those those numbers. Those numbers are 50-year bad. So I, I don't think there's any scheme, any brilliant coaching eureka move that's going to come up to save you from the fact that your inside linebackers can't cover and you have one corner and you don't get pass rush. Okay. Ah. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say false. Uh, so I agree with you. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think this has 2014 written all over it. If you remember 2014, they started 0 and 4, battled their way back somehow, and finished 8 and 8, and were one field goal kick away. I never is a Kansas City San Diego game. <laughs> one field goal kick, <laughs> one field goal kick away from making the playoffs. I don't know what that sound was. I don't want to know what that sound was. So uh, I'm going to agree with you. False. The Steelers will not make the playoffs in this year. Hey, I hope I'm wrong. Let's go to the next one. By the way, Jeff, that was actually us. <laughs> that was us. Because I'm trying to look at the live chat. That was actually us. Come so on, man, rookie mistake. You turn the volume down before you do that. Anyway, I don't I don't know how to work iPhones, man. You know. <laughs> he was born in 1970. Give him a break. Okay. So um the next one is amongst their eight home games at Heinz Field, the Steelers will finish above 500 at home. Lance, true or false? So who do they have left? They have Atlanta left. Uh, they got Cincinnati at home. They got Cleveland at home. Who else do they have at home? It's the only New, ones I can do. New England. Uh, New England is New England at home. How many okay. is that? How many That's four. Have? That's four. They've already played two. 
They're going right, to have, so, have a third this. So we're missing one. I'll look it up. Yeah. Well, I don't want to predict Atlanta, but they're, they're not going to finish 500 at home. Okay. Yeah, it's it's funny. I'll never forget this. My, my dad said this to me when I was a young kid. He said, Jeff, it's easy. In the NFL, you just win all your home games and you split on the road and you're 12 and four. In theory, it's simple. So here we got their, let's look at their home slate. So at Heinz Field, they have Atlanta this Sunday. I won't after, give you that pick. I won't give you that pick. Okay. No, after the bye one. week, they host the Browns. Okay. Then They'll third, win that game. They'll okay, win that one. In week 10, they host on Thursday Night Football the Carolina Panthers. I don't know about that one. That's 50-50. Okay. Then in week 13, they host the Los Angeles Chargers. They win that one. Okay, and then they host the New England Patriots in week 15. We all know what that is. The dub. Then, L. <laughs> and then in week 17, they finish up the regular season by hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they'll win that one. Okay, so they're already 0-2. The Falcons, Browns. Yeah. Let's say let's say they beat Carolina. I'll, I'll turn Carolina into a win. So I'm saying three wins, and I'm making my prediction today. So three wins for me. I'm going to say a push. Well, false. I'm going to say false. I think they finish 500. I think they go four and four at home this year. So the statement was the Steelers will finish above 500. I say that they finish at 500 so therefore i think the statement is false because that's i will tough, agree that's a tough home agree. slate that's a tough home it's, slate. it's false it's false i will agree I mean, it's you false. don't think you don't think 500 you think what three and five i don't want to give away uh, uh, this, okay, okay, we got to okay. tease it a little bit yeah, we gotta, you're right you're right, you're not, right. You know, tease it a little bit just touch Okay, let's go to. Oh, we can't go a week without talking about this, Jag. Okay, um, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell will report during the bye week and be ready to play in week seven. Lance, true or false? Well, false because you definitely add the ready to play because he's big as a house. So, well, you mean uh, I mean that he will be in the lineup. They're not using the two week exemption on him. That he'll be on the he'll be potentially on the field, whether False. he whether he joins Jenny Craig now or later is not important. Do you think that so Le'Veon Bell? You're saying that he's not going to report? Yes. False. He needs to join Jeffy Craig. <laughs> um, I say false. Uh, I wouldn't trust anything that Le'Veon says. Uh, his records are, his records are bad. His word seems to be bad, and. I I would probably guess he probably hasn't talked to the organization. He's probably just saying this through social media and he's on a jet ski eating cheesecake and no false. He's not coming in. I don't believe that guy. Plus with the fact that he doesn't have to, he already knows that they're going to transition tag him next year. That's come out that they said that they were going to transition tag him next year and he doesn't have to, report to a crew of season to be an unrestricted free agent. So if they put the transition tag on him, that means he gets the top 10 in salary, which is much cheaper because he hasn't reported and he can negotiate with teams. So I don't even think it's in his interest to come in now, unless he thinks his value is going to drop significantly, but it's going to drop whether he takes one hit or not this year because he's older, but no false. He won't report. I don't trust anything that he says. I'm going to say true. I don't trust what he says. I think he is very flabby right now. But I do think he realizes that for every week that he stays away, not only is he hurting the Steelers, and I think he is still really tight with a lot of guys on that team. I don't think the bridges were burnt completely when he didn't show up in week one. And I think that he realizes that he has to go out and, and he has to put out to get a big deal. Uh, because right now you see like Todd Gurley's playing well, um, David Johnson not so much, um, but there are some running backs that are out there and, and they're showing out and they're playing well. And he's sitting on a jet ski 
eating cheesecake, like you said. So I think he realizes that it would be in his best interest to actually get on the football field and play. And so I think that he's looking at week six, bye week, get in there, maybe attend the practices prior to the players leaving, you know, get acclimated again. And then in week seven, he's ready to, he's, he's on available. We'll put it that way. He's available. Doesn't mean they're going to use him. Doesn't mean he's ready to be used, but he's available. Okay. You know, Jeff, what you said makes a lot of sense. If what he was doing already made a lot of sense. That's true. So, you know, that requires some thinking and some planning and a solid team. But so uh, I don't know if he has the team or has done any solid thinking. So, yeah. Got to think to get to your conclusion. The only thing I don't he's thinking about are new rap lyrics. Bad ones. <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, I had to listen to one of those songs to get lyrics for a, an article. And you have to yeah. listen to it over and over again to get the actual lyrics correct. And, man, I, and I'm not a rap connoisseur like you are, Lance. I, I don't mind it. I'm not those guys like, I can't stand it. It was awful, man. It was dreadful. Uh, just, people... just hear, just hearing you have to say lyrics, Jeff. I know it was awful. <laughs> I know it was bad. That's painful. You're like lyric, l- lyrics. Like it's, <laughs> it's painful. I know that was painful. That was probably been the hardest thing you've had to do since running the website is having to listen to Le'Veon Bell. Oh, hey, it's hard, and I'm a connoisseur. And it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Mm-hmm. He he thinks he's really good, and he thinks that a lot of fans love it. When on Twitter, all they do is say, "Man, Le'Veon Bell is straight fire," just because they know he's going to re retweet him. <laughs> so, anyways, we're getting off the topic at hand. Let's go to the next one, and that is this week. Or no, I'm sorry, yeah, we'll, we'll hold that one. We'll go to another one, the one that I thought of, which is awesome because I thought of it. The Steelers won't rush for 100 yards in a game again if slash until Le'Veon Bell returns. True. 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 The quarterback won't give it to a running back, so that's true. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to hand it to a running back, so true. I'm going to say false because they play the Browns at one more time. And I think that they'll be able to put up over 100 again if they wanted to. And I think they get to put up a hundred on a couple other teams if they wanted to. So I'm going to say false. I think they will rush for over a hundred yards per game, uh, even if well, if before when Le'Veon Bell ever decides to show up. So I'm going to say that they will. I think that I think that the last game, and it's tough because you want to you want to hate Ben for throwing the ball that much, but for crying out loud, they were they they're down fourteen nothing and. Five minutes into the first quarter, I mean, you, you're going to have to throw the ball eventually to get yourself back in it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's a lot of game left. There, there is, uh, there is. But let's be honest, they did, they didn't start the game well. So the offense doesn't get a free pass here. They didn't start the game well. But on top of that, if it weren't for Alex Collins' fumble, they'd have been down twenty-one to three in the blink of an eye. And if you, yeah, that's the case, yeah, you're chucking the rock. Absolutely. I mean, but you know the quarterback in his mind is going, yippee! I get to throw it 45 times. Here we go. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up. Oh, gosh. Okay, the last one here. Lance, you thought of this one. Uh, On Sunday, at Heinz Field against Atlanta in Week 5, the Steelers will run the ball at least 20 times. True or false? False. Because they're going to be down. They're going to be down, so they're not going to run it 20 times. So they're going to have to play catch-up again. So he's going to chuck it another 45 times plus. Uh, <coughs> you know, I mean, Ben has his thing. Ben will probably be close to 2,000 yards passing by the time we get to Monday through, what, five games? Yeah. So it's the Ben show. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to see if he's good enough to carry them to a victory. And that goes back to, you know, one of the pieces, or do you want to do it later in the show? And we were talking about what side of the ball is, is, is the cause of all this. We'll get to that. Or next. do you want to do this? We'll get to that next. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to, no way, no way they'll run it 20 times. They're going to be behind and he's going to scrap the running game and say, yippee, I get to throw it. I get to throw it. I get to put on my cape. 
and be big vid and get my numbers. You yes. ready? You ready for this? It's true. The Steelers are going to run the ball twenty times. I think that that doesn't necessarily mean it's James Conner getting at twenty carries, but I think between like Ryan Switzer, maybe a quarterback scramble, James Conner, those all count as rushes. I think. Oh, brother. Uh-huh. Oh, See, caveat. Oh, hey, you're the one that wrote this one, not me. Caveat. Yeah. They will run the ball twenty times, and I think because if you follow the Steelers long enough and close enough, and especially during the Ben Roethlisberger era, they have a knee-jerk reaction to criticism. And so, what's everyone writing? They're throwing too much. They're throwing too much. Ben Roethlisberger, what are they going to do? They're going to come out, run, 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 run. <laughs> it would be like slamming your head against the wall. That's what they're going to do. I, I would be stunned in with this, go, with this team. Can I go, go, can I go on a rant? Can I go on a rant real quick? Is this an early WTF? No, no. It's just a real quick rant. Okay. And again, it goes to your point because I was thinking the same exact thing. And you know what? It, you know that's going to be like that. And you know what that is. That's Ben Roethlisberger basically doing a big Earl Thomas flip off the, the fans, flip off the media, flip off everybody. See, you want me to run it? Yeah, we'll run it nine straight times. Yeah, we'll just declare we're going to run it, and I'm going to show you the running game's not going to work. <laughs> See, believe in me. That's just. That, that's just the immature response to it, in my opinion, from the quarterback. But he's not being held accountable. You know, Tomlin's not going to hold him accountable, and, and neither is Feetner. They're all too close. I mean, look, we know that the running game complements the passing game and vice versa. They complement themselves. You can coordinate an offense around the run, incorporating it in, in a way in which it runs, and, and it all works in concert. Ben has never really believed in the running game. Ben believes in Ben, which is fine. But look, it ain't working. You almost got 1,500 yards passing. You got one win. That's my rant. I'll stop. <laughs> no, you're right. And that's exactly what it is. And um, it happened under Haley. I'm sure it'll happen countless other times, too. So, okay, there you have that. Um, let's get into the topic of the day. And that is which side of the football is negatively impacting this team the most offense or defense we will exclude special teams because even though Chris Boswell has been awful, um, I don't think special teams is the reason the team is necessarily losing. So go ahead, Lance, you can go first. Which side do you think is impacting this team the most and why? Well, part of my rant, leads to my answer. I think it's the offense. I think everybody's going to be surprised that I say the offense. And the reason I say that is we all know the defense is bad. We just know it's bad. We kind of have an expectation of Steeler fans because we're Steeler fans and the history and the tradition of Steelers and the Steel Curtain. Hey, man, but the curtain's been ripped off. The It's been ripped off. I mean, you have no curtains in this house. Everybody can look through your house and see everything. There are no curtains. The offense has to help this defense. All the talent is on the offensive side of football. If they're not winning, it's because of the offense. The offense needs to complement this bad defense. It has to possess the football. It has to convert third downs, and it needs to score touchdowns and keep this defense off the field. The defense is bad, and there ain't no help coming in. There ain't no guy, the muffin man down in Florida eating cheesecake on a jet ski that's going to jump in and save the defense. Ain't no help coming in. It is what it is. You know you have to be darn near perfect on that side of the ball. So to me, it's on the offense. The offense has to carry the weight. All you can expect out of this defense is a stop here or two, and that's it. They're going to give up 23, 24, 25, well, close to 30 points a game. But, you know, that's what this defense is right now. And the defense is going to be bad for the remainder of the year. If they want to go to the playoffs, if they want to win a championship, it is all on this offense. And they are a one-win team because this offense cannot convert third down. Three of 11, three of 11, two of 10. That ain't good enough. They got to do the heavy lifting. And right now, this defense 
is just clawless. And it's just, please hold your hands up. Don't let them beat you that bad. But it's all on this offense. So this offense is going to take this team wherever it needs to go. For the sake of argument, I'm going to say the defense, and for a lot of the reasons you just said, um, for as bad as the Steelers' third-down offense is, their third-down defense is almost equally as horrible. And I'm watching it. Gosh, just get off the field. Where's the 56 sacks from last year? And it wasn't just the 56 sacks last year. Where was the pressure? That's what I don't understand. There was not even pressure. I mean, I, I go back to Kansas City game. Patrick Mahomes had enough time to go back, check his Twitter feed, tweet a couple things, put a post on Facebook, selfie for Instagram, and still hit Travis Kelsey on time for a touchdown. They weren't anywhere near him. And that goes to personnel. That goes to scheme. But it's just not good enough yeah the offense is bad yes the offense could be considered the greatest letdown because of the potential they hold but at the same time this is a defense that if you can just get a few stops force a few more punts this offense if they ever get going will have a chance to actually lead this team if they never give them those stops if they never get those extra possessions back to the offense, it's a mood point anyways, and the offense could be clicking on all cylinders and still find themselves in a hole. So you say offense, I say defense. I think what the moral of the story is, this team is just awful. I almost said sucky because that seems like it's right. That's sucky. Is that a word? No, it's not a word. But I just made it up. The Steelers are very sucky right now. So Suck, Suckful. <laughs> How about suckful? It's suck fest. How about that? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah it, it, it just it's a different place. Absolutely, and you could go either side of the football. To be honest with you, there's enough blame to go around for everyone. So, with that said, let's shift gears now. Looking ahead to Week Five, the Atlanta Falcons come to Pittsburgh. I want to say the Falcons are, are they two and two. Lance, do you know off the top of your head? Sure. I'm not. I'm not sure what the record is. I know they got beat by New Orleans, and uh, oh, I know they lost another. Yeah, they got three losses, and they lost they're, week they're one. One and three. One and three. They're one and three. Yeah. Okay, so Lance, it's time prediction time. I want to know what you think about the game. I want to know what your what's your prediction for this upcoming showdown at Heinz Field. Before I give you a prediction, let me just give you just a couple of stats from Atlanta's offense. They're averaging 29 points a game, which is sixth. They're averaging 9.1 yards per attempt, which is third, which means they're a vertical aggressive downfield throwing team. Their rating of the quarterback is 114, which is fifth. Matt Ryan has 10 touchdown passes, and they've only given up 10 sacks. And they rank 11th with 16 passing plays of 20 yards or more. The other thing about this offense is they're very good on third down. They convert at 48%, which is fourth in the National Football League. And they convert at 66% in the red zone, which is seventh. I say all that to say this offense is lights out. This offense scores a lot of points. It moves the ball. And it has weapons. Coleman and Freeman are both going to play on Sunday. Freeman's going to be back. You've got Julio Jones. You've got Ridley. You've got Muhammad Sanu. You have tight ends. They flex you out. They're multiple. They'll spread you. They'll go 12. They'll go 11. They'll go 10 personnel. They do a lot of different things. This is a highly well-schemed, coordinated offense that is explosive. The red zone issues have been solved. Sarkeesian had some issues with the red zone stuff, but it's been solved. They're rolling on offense. Terrible on defense, but rolling on offense. I think this Steeler defense has no shot in hell at stopping this offense. And typically, if you've listened to the show in the past, and I haven't been doing it, Jeff, this year, but I'm going to come back with a rhyme because I think it's time for a rhyme. You see how that rhyme? That's better than Le'Veon Bell. Time for a rhyme. Very simple. I'm going to keep it very simple. The only hope is to play rope-a-dope. That's the only hope that this offense has, or excuse me, this defense has is to play 
no single high. Every coverage concept has to be supported by two high safeties because of Ridley and Julio Jones. You can play cover two. You can play cover four. You can play cover six. You can play two, man. But everything has to be supported by two high safeties, and they have to tackle. And you've got to hopefully get pressure with four or five. You cannot blitz in this game. If you do, it has to be very selective with zone play behind it because it, they have to go to the rope-a-dope tactic. You can't give up the big shots. They have to decrease the number of big plays in the passing game that they're giving up so they don't get behind, so the game doesn't turn into a Ben Roethlisberger game. But there's nothing about the way this defense has been playing that suggests they can stop Atlanta. So my prediction is I think Atlanta wins this game in a shootout 35-31. Hmm. That's interesting. I agree with all that you said, and it's not an easy game to predict because I think both defenses are awful. I think that both offenses, although Atlanta is performing better right now, both offenses had the potential to really light up the scoreboard. I can't get over the fact you said they're averaging, what, 29 points per game, and that's ninth in the league, is that what you said? Ninth? Sixth. Sixth in the league. Okay. Sixth. Still. Man, still, still. 30 exactly. points per game used to be tops in the league by far, and they're not even in the top five. That just shows you the trends in today's 2018 NFL, man. Scoring is just at, that's not, it's not at a premium. They're giving it away. And Pittsburgh Steelers defense gives it away a lot. So um, I think my head tells me that there's no chance the Steelers win this game. But then my heart tells me that there's certain factors about a Mike Tomlin team and Ben Roethlisberger in particular that make me want to pick Pittsburgh. They rarely lose back-to-back games. He normally has them play well off of a really bad loss. Think about the way they played on Monday night after they lost to the Chiefs the week prior. They're at home. They haven't won a home game. I think that matters. And so you have these tangible things like the what you talked about with the offense versus defense, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have these intangibles, the motivation, the ability to step up their game. And for some reason, and I really can't tell you in a black and white fashion why, I think the Steelers are going to win this football game. And it's, it's not – I don't want you thinking, Lance, that this is like a joy pick – Although you will say that, and that's fine. I've earned that right. I've earned that name, that tag. I just think that there's, I think this is a game that they win. I think this team is not, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's awful either. I think that they play up to their potential. I think they actually win. Um, yeah, I saw what you said in the live chat. Um, <laughs> um, it's a joy pick, whatever you want to call it. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win this one in a shootout. I'm going to go with. Um, 38-34 Pittsburgh. I think there's some field goals kicked. I think that uh, it's a lot of scoring. So there you have it. 38-34. I had some people. I asked on the live chat for some predictions. Um, Isaac said 30-17 to Atlanta. Thomas said 48-31 Steelers. He said Atlanta's defense is worse than the Steelers, hands down. Anthony says 38-35 Steelers. I still can't pick against them. Um, I bet he won't gamble. <laughs> I bet he won't pick against them, but I bet he won't gamble on them. You either. believe the Steelers are favored in this game? Like they're giving no. points. Yes, they the, the the early spread. We we ran this on Monday, Monday morning. The early spread was the Steelers were were giving four points. Believe it. I take the over. Absolutely. What's the, what's the over? What's the over under? I mean, I would think that the over is 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 high fifties. I would I'll, think. I'll look it up quick, but I'll tell you this: last week, this game, Bengals Falcons, they had forty-two. I'm sorry, fifty-two points scored in the first half. Think about that. Yeah, that's that's it's nuts. I mean, I watched the Atlanta Cincinnati game. The first half was nuts. That's what I just talked about. It, I just said that. 
Oh, I wasn't. You know, Daddy and Lane. Not you always, you, gosh darn it, man. Listen, listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Well, you listen to the words <laughs> coming out of my mouth. You know I don't listen to you, Jeff. They're too joyous. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. He doesn't listen to me, folks. So don't don't worry about that. Um, so Lance, um, you think that the Steelers are gonna lose. That's fine. The over-under is 57 and a half. Holy smokes. Um I'll take the over. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I will take you over. Absolutely. And, and the point spread is now plus three Atlanta. Holy geez. The, the betting action right now is 62% in Pittsburgh. They're betting for the Steelers, giving three points at home. What does Vegas know that I don't? That's what I want well, to know. Well, you know, I mean, they're happy like you are. They're happy to take Pittsburgh Steeler fans' money. That's what they're happy about. I mean, it's just, but but I will say this to your prediction to all those people predicting the Steelers in a shootout. In shootout games, you only need a stop or maybe two stops at most. It's almost one of those games where if you force two punts, you're probably going to win. So, although it's going to be difficult, it is simple. You're not asking them to curtail this offense to the point where you're trying to keep them to under 20 points. You're probably just asking them to stop them twice hold them to a field goal one or two possessions in the red zone once they move the ball up and down the field so it's really about situational football and it's about playing good defense in some spots not playing consistent good defense because neither one of these teams can do it both teams are bad there's a bunch of candy bars in the secondary there's twixes skittles there's kit cats paydays sugar babies Jujubees, Raisinets, Goobers. There's a bunch of candy in both secondaries to be had. It's just force a punt once or twice, force a field goal here or there. Maybe you win the football game. Well, you know, it's also about turnovers, man. Don't turn the football over. The team that in shootouts, like you said, it, it's forcing a few punts, and if you win a turnover battle, you're probably going to win the game. So Pittsburgh, believe it or not, I want to say – what were they even? Didn't they finish even on Sunday night with the fumble recovery and been through a pick late in the game? Oh, no, they were minus one because Vance McDonald. They're minus one, yes. So they're Vance minus McDonald. two on the season. Turnover, giveaway, takeaway ratio. So, okay, but that's some good information. Here we go. We have some questions here, at least one. Do you think that – this is from Chris. Do you think James Conner is capable of balancing the offense if they give him the touches? No, because they're not going to give him the touches because he's not good enough to make the quarterback think that he should take it ball out of his hands to give it to him. I mean, I think that people got to realize great players have to be compelled to not call their own number. That's why they're great players. They think they can get it done. Great players have to be convinced typically by other great players that it's in their best interest to give it to another great player. That's that's part of the, the DNA that makes players great. I said it last week on the show. James Conner is a solid back. But if Ben Roethlisberger steps to the line of scrimmage and says, would I rather throw it to A.B. or Juju or and make this decision or give it to James Conner, he's going to chuck it. And he probably should until they lose. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're answering these. I'm just asking the questions. Here's the next question. Where in the world is Mike Tomlin's defensive expertise? I think it's in the same place that Cam Sutton is, uh, where Artie Burns is, where Stephon Tewitt is, where Cam Hayward is. At some point, scheme is fine. But, Jeff, you're, you're a coach. You've coached. Scheme is great. What do you need for schemes to work? players to execute the scheme exactly and what type of players do you need to execute the scheme coachable intelligent players that yeah. are what Ath good very good <laughs> athletic <laughs> and good good at sports <laughs> look look i don't i don't care he could be a, a mad scientist 
I mean, we saw what happened to Bill Belichick's defense in the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. They gave up nearly 700 yards and gave up 45 points to Nick Foles. Who would have ever thought that the genius, the defensive guru, the mastermind that has all the answers, they get shredded. So you can have all the schemes in the world. You got to have ball players. You got to have intelligent, athletic, very good ball players to execute the scheme. They don't have it. Okay. Will Ryan Switzer get as many targets as last week? And will we see Jalen Samuels ever be used more? Jalen Samuels will never be used. And Ryan Switzer will continue to get a nice little share of targets in my opinion, until the second round pick, uh, until they trust him more. I, I, I like. I think they like Switzer. I like Switzer. I think he brings some juice to the lineup. I just don't ever want to see him in the backfield getting a handoff. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, is the Super Bowl window closing fast for this team? And what are our expectations moving forward once, assuming Le'Veon Bell leaves? And if Ben retires, so let's break this down one at a time. Yes or no? Is the Super Bowl window closing fast? Oh, the window's already closed. Oh, well, there you go, folks. Um, what are our expectations once Bell and Ben potentially depart? We're going to go through a series of some rebuild years. Okay, so you're. I, when I think about that, I think like the nineteen early nineteen nineties. They're still competitive. Had some yeah, good years, yeah. had some bad years, um, but not like uh, you know. I mean, hey, they made it to a Super Bowl in the in the, in the mid '90s, so it's it's potential, but it's not a guarantee or or what you felt was a guarantee like early in Roethlisberger's career. Okay, next question: Could Jim Harbaugh be a good replacement for Tomlin? He's not a, Isaac is not a Tomlin hater. Just wondering. Jim can't win at Michigan. He needs to do that first. Beat Ohio State. <laughs> beat Notre Dame. Okay. Um, let's see here. Brandon, he just got in. He just got in. He just got into the chat. He wants to know what your thoughts are on Bell reporting back to the Steelers during the week seven bye. Here's a question because we talked about this earlier in the show. Let's say he shows up during the bye, and let's say that he is suited up. They're not using the, the roster exemption for him in week seven. How many touches do you give Le'Veon Bell the first time he's back on the field? 30. I run all that weight off. <laughs> if, if, if the game calls well, they, are, for, they are playing Cleveland, so I guess that could work out. I run all, all that rust and all that weight off. I have him puking up all that cheesecake after the game. You want to sit out seven weeks? I'm gonna put about seven weeks of touches on that tire on them tires. I'm gonna get all that tread off. Oh yeah, man. I'm dogging him out. I'm running him 30, 35 times. He's getting a ton of work. No blow for you in that game, buddy. Okay. That's a that's a good answer. Next question is we'll do I'll turn this question into an over-under for you. You know how over-under works. So the one was how many big plays are the, is the Steelers secondary? So we're talking through the air, giving up on Sunday. Typically, a big player splash play is twenty yards or more. We'll say this person has set the line at four. Are you taking over? Or are you taking under? Over. How I many? Was thinking, how many do you think? I was thinking five or six. I thought you were going to go like eight or nine. I was going to be like, that's nuts, man. Come I was going to say this five. Is still an NFL. This is still an NFL defense. I was going to say five or six. And, and not necessarily the ball traveling in the air. A couple of the five will be run after the catches to get you 20, where it's a seven-yard pass, four or five missed tackles, and it turns into a 20-yard gain, probably on a third and 18, and they pick it up. Okay. That's yeah, sure. That'll happen probably. Okay, uh, why don't you think the Steelers use Roosevelt next more? Because anytime he's in the game, it says they're going to run the ball. It's predictable, and you take a pass threat off the field. So um, if Roosevelt, if if Roosevelt Nix caught it better, 
I, you know, I, I just put it like this. Put it like this way, listeners. Would you rather have an additional tight end or an additional wide receiver on the field? It depends on the situation. I would. You know, I would. I probably would. Yeah. You know, I probably had. I probably want someone who could catch the ball, who provides a pass catching threat, as opposed to Rosie Nix. Although I love Rosie Nix, he brings it every week. Yeah, absolutely, and he can catch the ball. He caught it on the Monday night game, I think. Uh, had a little was wide open, little swing pass there. Um, Thomas reminds us that uh, he he predicted the Steelers would beat the Buccaneers in week two, three. I predicted they would win as well. He said they'll play strong against the Falcons and they'll be closer to 500, even though the tie kind of messes up the 500. So there you have it, Lance. Do you have a WTF segment this week or or no? No, man. No, I kind of like this last segment to replace okay. WTF. I like the, uh, cause I've been getting some requests for some more fan involvement in the show. And I kind of like this last segment in t- instead of the WTF. All I mean, right. the W. The WTF is just those defensive stats that you named. I mean, those are just serious. Whoa. I mean, come on, man. Back to 68, like 50 yeah. year olds digging back 50 years. Your defense is trash. It's absolute trash. It is not good, but I'll tell you what, Steeler fans, they're still in in the in in golf. When you're playing a round of golf. And let's say you're through the first four holes, you're basically playing like crap. A saying that I grew up hearing with my dad and his buddies all the time was there's a lot of paper left and they're referring to the scorecard. There's a lot of holes left four holes in. You got 14 left to turn it around. The same can be said about the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. They're past the quarter mark of the season. They did not finish it where they, anyone thought they would, but there's a lot of paper left. And so I want you all to stick with us, even if they lose this week, stick with the show, stick with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because we're not going to stop. We're going to keep producing content. And in my opinion, I think real Steeler fans never quit on the team. And that means they never stop caring. They never stop reading and listening about this stuff. And before I took over this website, I was one of those people. I, I read about... I'll never forget in 2003 reading about the six and 10 team led by Tommy Maddox. And that's what led them to Ben Roethlisberger in the 2004 draft. So stick with us behind the steel curtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things, Pittsburgh Steelers and on podcasts, folks, listen up. If you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel. We do go to youtube.com type in BTSC Steelers radio, subscribe, like, comment. We appreciate the support. Also, if you go to behindthesteelcurtain.com tomorrow morning, you'll see an article with this podcast in it. Go to the bottom of the article and you'll see two links, one for Android users and one for Apple users, where you can subscribe to our platform so you get every single show that we offer. That's this show, the Steelers preview show, the Steelers hangover, um, Steelers one-on-one, where we're going to try to bring in some guests, as well as um, our post game show with Lance and I are on there together talking about the game that was. So make sure you stay with us. I think the Steelers win, and that'll get everyone ramped up and get get everyone pumped up for the Bengals game before the bye. So Lance, how do you, you want to send us off with anything tonight? Just one last nugget for listeners to watch for for the Steelers on the offensive side of football. They got to get they got to get some guys blocked up front. They got to get McKinley blocked, and they got to get Vic Beasley blocked. McKinley has five sacks which is second in the National Football League. They got to get those guys blocked. Atlanta is fast, and they, you know, it's a fast defense, small defense. might be some opportunities to run the ball, but they got to get those guys blocked. If they can get those guys blocked, they're going to move the football and score some points. So, again, shootout is the only way I think they can get it done. I don't think they're going to get it done. You know, unfortunately, I think Jeff, you know, Jeff always the optimist thinks they're going to get it done. But, listeners, we enjoy the support. Uh, we, we appreciate it. You know, keep tuning in. You know, and tell a friend and subscribe. That's my hook, my old hook line from my old show. Uh, so, uh, you know, definitely tune in, tell a friend and subscribe. Let's get this popping. Let's get it growing. Let's make this the most popular Steeler podcast. Absolutely. And if you're watching on YouTube, he's Al Roker. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor <laughs> of <laughs> We'll see you next week on a standard. <laughs>
Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Vergecast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.